0: Ma Koko, aye. For Moi, it's a new beginning. With honor and deep respect, we're moving forward. We're ready to get people back to work. We all have to do our part,
1: and we'll make this happen.
0: Working together,
1: we are ready to work, ready to serve. All ready, ready, ready. We are ready.
0: For more information, visit MaKokoMoi.com. Lynn Kawano with another episode of The Other Side of Paradise. It's the number one question I'm asked by viewers when out. IS KEITH KANESHIRO GETTING INDICTED? KEITH KANESHIRO, HONOLULU'S longtime ELECTED PROSECUTING ATTORNEY, HAD BEEN IN POWER FOR 17 YEARS. THE LAST TWO OF THOSE YEARS WERE SPENT ON TAXPAYER FUNDED PAID ADMINISTRATIVE LEAVE AFTER HE FINALLY ADMITTED THAT HE HAD RECEIVED A TARGET LETTER FROM THE DEPARTMENT OF JUSTICE IN 2018. SO WHY IS IT TAKING SO LONG FOR THE FEDERAL GOVERNMENT TO MOVE FORWARD? I believe the reason why it's taken so long is they continue to dig up dirt. In episode 13, I break down one of the many topics that the federal special prosecutor appears to be zeroing in on.
2: HPD should have done the investigation. Knowing what we know now, I agree with that. HPD should have, or some outside agencies, should have done the investigation.
0: Since 2015, Honolulu's law enforcement leaders have been under scrutiny by the FBI. It started with the Kealohas, the former police chief, Louis Kealoha, and his deputy prosecutor wife, Catherine, who were suspected of corruption and abusing their power. A special prosecutor was appointed by the U.S. Attorney General to investigate Michael Wheat out of the San Diego office. While he was investigating the Kealohas, it appears he started finding more questionable behavior by others in city governments. Keith Kaneshiro was Catherine Kealoha's boss. Kaneshiro drew attention to himself when he refused to cooperate with the case. A judge ordered him to turn over her personnel file and other evidence. Since then, the case has taken off on its own. And once the Kealohas were convicted, it's apparent the focus of the grand jury shifted to Honolulu's prosecuting attorney. Jake Delaplane worked as a deputy prosecutor under Kaneshiro during a crucial time.
2: I received a call from federal investigators um, uh, actually a couple of months ago back in May. Um, And so I've appeared twice in in front of the grand jury. The first time uh, I just provided the general background information and then uh, it appears that the prosecutors and the FBI went to the office of the prosecuting attorney to actually look through their files and uh, then had some more questions for me regarding what they found in the office.
1: What were those questions about?
2: So it appears that the federal investigative grand jury is looking at two things, Um, whether Mr. Kaneshiro committed a a federal crime when his office prosecuted and investigated the Laurel case, and two, whether any of the witnesses that provided supporting testimony to support those charges, whether they lied in that testimony.
0: Laurel Mao was an employee of engineering firm Mitsunaga & Associates. The company is known for its political ties and large campaign contributions. Its website shows some of the many government projects they've been awarded. Mao was fired by the company and subsequently filed a discrimination lawsuit in 2012. She lost that civil case in 2014. But that wasn't the end of it. Kanashiro's office filed felony theft charges against her and the feds are working to see if that was retaliation because the engineering firm employees and family members donated tens of thousands of dollars to Kaneshiro's campaign. The company accused the woman of billing for hours she didn't work, double dipping, moonlighting. First, they reported it to Honolulu police. but records show HPD could not proceed because the Mitsunaga and Associates executive who reported the theft was not cooperative with the police investigation. But the firm was cooperative with the prosecutor's office investigation. Sherry Tanaka, the attorney for Mitsunaga & Associates, wrote letters to Kanashiro's people making the same felony theft claim against the fired employee. Jake Dillapane was one of several deputy prosecutors assigned to the case and says it was Tanaka who provided him records and evidence.
2: I received the case in uh, right around August of 2014 uh, to review it for charging because uh, it was one of those cases that had been sitting around and hadn't been charged yet.
1: Why, how, why did you even get this case?
2: I, I'm not sure what the decision-making process was like the, the, behind giving me the case. Um, I was a rather new deputy with the office. I'd started four months before that, so in April of 2014.
1: Did at any point you think why, um, why another deputy before me ended up not prosecuting this?
2: I don't recall that. Um, you know, this was approximately seven years ago. I don't remember all the conversations that I had. I do that know that it had not been charged.
0: Delaplane says the feds were very focused on the relationship between Mitsunaga and Associates employees and Kaneshiro.
1: What specifically did they ask about you and, and your role in this, or at least what you know about it?
2: They, they asked me if at the time that I reviewed it, if I knew that any of the people involved in the case uh, from Mitsunaga and Associates were campaign donors of Mr. Kaneshiro. I didn't know that uh, at the time. And in fact, I didn't know that until well after I left the office in 2015.
1: You mentioned Sherry Tanaka in there. What was her role in this? It seems like she was the one who reported it to the prosecutor's office based on the documents I have.
2: She was, uh, so the, the, well, like I said, the, the original reporting came to HPD in 2012, and I don't know about Ms. Tanaka's involvement in that, but in 2013, Ms. Tanaka does appear to have written a letter uh, directly to the Office of the prosecuting Attorney requesting that this be investigated.
1: So you brought up your conversations with Sherry Tanaka, so she, she didn't just stop with the letter, she became, well, you know, it, it seems like she, you had many more conversations after just the letter.
2: I did, yeah. She was the main go-between between between the office and Mitsunaga Associates. I did meet with other um, people from the office with Sherry Tanaka present, but in terms of providing the office with um, declarations to support the charge, as well as the transcripts and company records and all of those other things that supported the charge, uh, she was the one providing that. I did leave the office in December of 2015. Um, That was about a year after the case had already been pending. So the case was charged uh, at the end of 2014, and then nothing really happened on the case for the the entire time that I had it for a year. Um, based on defense requests for continuance, there was no sort of motions, and, and there certainly wasn't anything uh, accusatory that was brought up by defense counsel about this being, you know, a pay for play scheme or anything like that.
1: Looking back at it now, what do you think about the case?
2: Well, you know, if it, it appears that Employees of Mitsunaga and Associates uh, and friends and family of those people were all significant campaign donors to Mr. Kanashiro. So if Mr. Kanashiro committed a federal crime by having his office investigate and prosecute that case when these people were campaign donors of his, then he should absolutely be held accountable. And if any of the witnesses that were involved in providing testimony to support those charges, if they lied, they should be held accountable too.
1: At the time though, you never noticed those red flags, right? H- had you known there were campaign donors and heavy campaign donors, would that have changed things?
2: It would have changed things in the sense that I certainly would have approached Mr. Kaneshiro about it and said, hey, you know, um, maybe this is something that we should be referring out uh, and conflicting out of because there's certainly the appearance of impropriety here if we're going after uh, someone for theft of you know, close friends and campaign donors.
0: The criminal case against Laurel Mao was dismissed by a judge who questioned the lack of an HPD investigation prior to the charges being filed against her.
2: The judge's ruling, to me, when I read it, didn't seem to be based on the fact that these people were campaign donors and had a close relationship with Mr. Kamishiro. The ruling was more centered around the, the fact that HPD should have done the investigation. Knowing what we know now, I agree with that. HPD should have, or some outside agencies, should have done the investigation. Um, but that fact in and of itself, I don't think um, warranted dismissal. I think it was, it was more proper to dismiss it based on the close relationship between Mr. Kaneshiro and Mitsunaga.
1: Has Mr. Wheat told you that they need you back or anything along those lines? Or what's the next steps here?
2: No, he hasn't told me that he needs me back. Um, My my testimony was pretty extensive in terms of providing the case history and providing my understanding of the charging process, how all of that happened, Uh, in addition to my conversations with uh, Ms. Tanaka and other employees of Mitsunaga and Associates. So it doesn't look like I'm gonna be needed back, but I I did indicate to them that there was something that came up in the investigation that they needed uh, more information from me about, I'd certainly be willing to cooperate.
0: Kaneshiro's suspected retaliation against Laurel Mao is one of the directions the investigation is going. But testimony against the former city prosecutor has been going on for years. So long, in fact, based on the new faces, it seems a new grand jury was recently impaneled as it appears time ran out for the previous group. Attorney Megan Cow says it's obvious why this is stretching into another year.
1: I believe the reason why it's taken so long is they continue to dig up dirt. They did their initial investigation thinking that there was one crime, when in fact, digging into the facts and the evidence showed that there were multiple crimes.
0: another part of the federal investigation into kanashiro the city's purchase of a makiki property so kanashiro could use it as a shelter for abused women the apartment complex was purchased by realtor donna walden for four and a half million dollars not long after that kanashiro got the city to buy it for five and a half million so walden turned a fairly quick million dollar profit walden was also a campaign contributor for Kaneshiro. The fans are even looking into a benefit party she apparently threw for him. A restaurant owner who testified before the grand jury told me that the feds took an interest in the details of that party and Walden has mentioned to community members that she also received a target letter from the Department of Justice. She told Hawaii News Now years ago that the purchase was not out of the ordinary given the real estate market in the state. It's been years since the investigation into Kaneshiro's campaign donors began, and it could be months more before we find out if the grand jury has found enough evidence of a quid pro quo. Kanishiro has stopped responding to media requests for comment, but has previously said he and his office did nothing wrong, and he referred to Michael Wheat's federal investigation as a fishing expedition. That's episode 13 of The Other Side of Paradise. I'm Lynn Kowano. Mahalo for listening.